We're going to be reading this morning out of the book of Psalms. Uh, the title of the message is Your Spiritual Health. And this, this is a, a something, a topic that can be a little difficult um, when you begin thinking about it. And when you see, uh, as we read Psalm 63, uh, there's, there's something here in, the, in these verses that talk about uh, your soul uh, being uh, in, in, a good, in a good condition. Uh, so <clears throat> let's stand together for the reading of God's word. Psalm 63. <clears throat> it's a psalm of David. O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee, my flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. To see thy power and thy glory, so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied as with morrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. <clears throat> when I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches, because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. My soul followeth hard after thee, thy right hand upholdeth me. But those that seek my soul to destroy it shall go down into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sword. They shall be a portion for foxes. But the king shall rejoice in God Everyone that sweareth by him shall glory, but the mouth of them that speak lies shall be stopped. Let's bow our heads for prayer. <clears throat> Lord, as we come again to you this morning in prayer, uh, we know, dear Lord, that there are difficult things that all of us go through. And Lord, uh, we thank you for this Psalm of David when David was going through a difficult time in his life. We thank, dear Lord, of the request we had for Nan Emmons as she's going through a trying time, as she deals again with memorabilia that bring back vivid memories to her uh, of precious times in her life, in the life of her daughter. I pray, dear Lord, for your continued help for her and I pray, dear Lord, you'll help each one of us as we deal with challenges in our lives, that, Lord, uh, we, shall, we shall be in good spiritual health, that uh, we, will, we will think about the things that really matter and that we will consecrate ourselves to make a point to be everything that God wants us to be in our lives to the best of our ability. I pray your blessings on this time together, and we thank you for all that's gone to this service thus far. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. 
My Bible says that uh, this is the Psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. And there were a couple times that David spent time in the wilderness of Judah. One of those times uh, was when Saul was chasing him, and he was there a lot of times uh, in different places in the wilderness. Uh, this is uh, a place of, of very, uh, very hot temperatures. Uh, it's down around the area of the Dead Sea. And uh, I recall when I was over in Israel that I looked out the bus window as we were going along and I saw a sign that, uh, that said uh, En Gedi, uh, which is that area. And it's also the area where the Dead Sea Scrolls were found, uh, Qumran, in that area. Uh, so there were caves there, there were places to hide, uh, but uh, it, was, it was not a place of, uh, of lush vegetation and a wonderful place to be. It was a place where you could, could escape and hide in the various caves and so forth in that area. Uh, so David was there when Saul was chasing him, but he was also there when Absalom, his son, committed treason against his father. His father was then the king. When Saul was chasing David, King Saul, David was a threat to King Saul. King Saul did not want David to get his throne. But God had already anointed David and it was going to happen. Uh, David was very patient and trusting God at that time. But now, uh, this is years later. Uh, David is older. David is actually, uh, in some respect, paying for his sin with Bathsheba uh, because it threw his family into disarray. It threw his family into a state of rebellion and disrespect for their father. And so it's consequences, you know. Our lives do have things happen that come back to us as consequences, don't they? Even though we may repent, we may be forgiven, uh, we may be doing what is right at this time, uh, still the past will come back. And you cannot erase the past. Uh, the past is something that is part of our history, and though forgiven, sometimes consequences still come back to us. They may come through people who remember. They may come through health situations, things that we've done to our body that will come back against us. And we say, well, we, we used to do that, uh, we used to participate in that, but we don't do that anymore. Uh, sometimes it may be uh, the use of, of uh, various stimulants. It may be uh, the use of, of drugs of certain, certain types uh, that come back as, as flashbacks. And 
no matter how much we pray or how much we regret, we still have those things to deal with that we have, we have uh, allowed or we have participated in in the past. Uh, so uh, I believe that this was the time because it appears <clears throat> that David knew what it was uh, to be uh, the king and uh, to have some taste of what that was like. Uh, but now he was driven. If you read those stories, and I can't give you the stories this morning because of time constraints, but if you read those stories, the story of David is in 2 Samuel. You can read 1 Samuel will tell you about David running from King Saul. King Saul dies at the end of 1 Samuel, and then uh, David is made the king in 2 Samuel. And uh, we find uh, David doing great things. He brings the Ark of the Lord to Jerusalem. He actually conquers Jerusalem and decides that Jerusalem is going to be where his throne is going to be, where he's, he's going to reign as king from Jerusalem. <clears throat> and so um, when he establishes Jerusalem as the place that he will reign from, he brings the ark of God. And that ark of God was that holy chest that had the Ten Commandments in it, had the angels on the, the lid of it, uh, the cherubim with their wings touching each other. Uh, so he decided he wanted to bring that from an outlying location to Jerusalem. And then uh, uh, David does fine until uh, that is that happens. That ark comes to Jerusalem in chapter 6 of 2 Samuel. Uh, and then uh, chapter 11, uh, David falls into sin in chapter 11. Uh, that is where all that uh, terrible uh, situation with Bathsheba took place. Um, David uh, becomes guilty of sin before God. And uh, then uh, we see things settle down. And then uh, in chapter 15 of 2 Samuel, his son Absalom uh, decides that he's going to be the king instead of David. And so uh, he, David has to leave Jerusalem. He has to, he has to run for his life uh, because Absalom, his son, is going to kill him. <clears throat> and that goes through chapter 18 where Absalom's rebellion is put down. Absalom is killed. Uh, and David actually grieves greatly for Absalom until he is told he needs to stop it because he's making those people that saved his life feel bad for even saving the king's life. And so uh, he, he is back on the throne again. So if you put him running from Absalom, 
here in Psalm 63 that he's away from Jerusalem. He's away from the throne. And he's thinking about uh, what used to be. And, and he's reacting to what used to be. And he's longing for that. Uh, all of us are going to go through hard times in our lives. Most of us do not have smooth sailing without any problems. We, we have difficulties that come from health, from uh, difficulties in the lives of loved ones, and sometimes that hurts worse than problems in our own lives when we see the problems that come into the lives of our loved ones. Um, but if we, can, if we can do what David did here and focus on the things of God and think about the faithfulness of God to us, it can go a long ways in helping us to be the people that God wants us to be. Um, he, says, he says in verse 5, My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. Uh, when you think of marrow and fatness today, you think of unhealthy things. You think, oh no, that'll raise your cholesterol. Uh, you, don't, you, don't, you want to avoid the fat and the marrow, uh, the uh, the, the uh, healthy, healthy substance that was a part of the bone, uh, you want to avoid that today. But in that day, uh, that, that was a way of expressing uh, a plenitude, a, a blessing. It was like saying, and I think the... I, I think in one of the paraphrases it talks about my soul will be satisfied with, with prime rib. I think the way the way it says it there. It's going to be satisfied with prime rib and with the finest of foods. And he's talking about my soul. My soul will be satisfied. Uh, have you ever thought about looking at your spiritual being, we all have an inner being, don't we? We have, the Bible talks about the inner person. It calls it the inner man. With you women, it would be the inner woman, wouldn't it? Uh, we all have an inner person, and we are responsible uh, to see that that inner person uh, is taken care of spiritually, that that inner person thrives on the things of God. Uh, our, our body may not be thriving. Our outward flesh may not be thriving. Uh, we may go, be going through a lot of difficulties. But how we think and who we are, we have control over that, don't we? We have control over that. Uh, the pain may be killing us in, in our physical body, and yet we can have a sweet spirit, can't we? We can have a sweet spirit. We can have a forgiving spirit to say that, 
because of what God, God has done for us, that we're going to be generous with other people. and We're going to be thankful for what God has given us. Uh, I, I thank the Lord a lot of times when I'm at my place. You know, I don't have to compare myself with other people and with what other people have because God has been good to me where I am and with what he has given me. It doesn't have to be the same as what he's given to somebody else. Uh, it doesn't have to be uh, as extravagant as maybe other people. Maybe, maybe what I consider uh, riches, other people would consider, uh, that's, that's pretty poor. You're getting along pretty poor. Uh, you know, I suppose with, you know, some that would say, well, uh, we can go to the store and we can, we can buy uh, whatever kind of, of jelly we want. We can, we can buy whatever kind of jam we want. We've got plenty of money. Uh, we, we can buy smuckers and uh, we, can, we can eat good. We can eat high. Uh, and yet, there are others, I mean, I know people that are so happy to preserve what God has blessed them with, uh, with making their, making their own foods, preserving their own foods. Uh, I, some of you have come to me. Uh, you know, I could name some of you, but I'm not going to do that this morning. But you said, here, you know, I made this. Uh, I, I canned this, and I want you to have this. Um, one of my neighbors, uh, I gave them uh, some garden uh, produce, and, uh, and they came back with, they wanted me to put this in my refrigerator. They made this. Uh, so happy to have done that, to have preserved that. Uh, so, you know, we don't have to be like other, other people. We can be ourselves and be happy with what God has made us to be and be happy with what God has blessed us with. And I think that's how God wants us to be. So what about, what about looking at your own spiritual health? As I looked uh, over some things in the scripture, I saw that uh, there, were some, there were some things that uh, were a problem with the... Uh, with people in in the Old and New Testament, uh, Exodus thirty two nine is the very first place I read where this expression is used, and God says that the people were a stiff necked people, a stiff necked people. Man, that don't sound good, does it? A stiff necked people, and I think. I think about different ones, you know, that deal with maladies and problems. Uh, what does that mean to be a stiff-necked people? Well, God wasn't talking about their physical anatomy. He was talking about their mental fixation and, and their stubbornness. Their stubbornness. Uh, they were a people uh, who, who were hard to change, <coughs> a people who were set in their ways. 
They came out of Egyptian slavery and God had them out in the wilderness and he was giving them his law and before ever the law came down from Mount Sinai, they had already violated it. And you know the joke, you know, uh, how, what a terrible person Moses was. You've heard that joke, haven't you? How bad Moses was because Moses broke all ten of the commandments at one time. But you know how he broke them physically when he came down the mount and saw the people worshiping the golden calf. Moses took the stone that God had written the Ten Commandments on and physically broke it. So he didn't morally break it. He physically broke those Ten Commandments because the people had already done it. They had already destroyed what God was trying to build in their lives. And so it was right after that that this term was used, and it's used several times in the Old Testament where God calls the people stiff-necked, stiff-necked. So you know what it's like when you have a stiff neck. You, you can't turn a certain way, you know? I've had people come in, they say, I think it's the way I, think it's the way I slept last night. I, I can't move my neck. It really hurts to move my neck. I'm going to have to go get some therapy or get some shots or whatever because uh, my, I think I got, they used to say, I think I got a cold. A cold is settled in my neck. I, I can't move. Uh, people can get that way with God. And these people did. God was showing them something better. God was showing them something that they needed to be obedient to and they were stubborn and set in their ways. And sometimes when we talk about uh, that, that song that Josiah, uh, the first song that he chose, Blessed Be the Name of the Lord, uh, it was a song written by Charles Wesley. Uh, and uh, the third verse of that said, He breaks the power of canceled sin. And that is a reference to being filled with the Holy Spirit and being sanctified holy. And some people will refuse. They say, well, I believe in being forgiven. But you know this thing of, of being filled with the Holy Spirit and, and living, living in the power of a sanctified life, going, going to that extreme uh, is just a little too much. But you know God expects us to do that. God expects us to yield to him, to let him have his way. I saw on a church sign... It said, if God is your co-pilot, switch places. Uh, and I thought, well, that's good. If God is your co-pilot, you need to switch places. You need to make God the boss. You need to make God be in charge. And if God touches your heart, 
and says he wants you to do something, you have to be fully committed to him. And that's what Romans 12 talks about, uh, that Paul begged them to present their bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your, it's just reasonable, Paul said. It's your reasonable service. Because God has done so much for us, he's not going to do anything to hurt us, folks. We want to be obedient to his will. And so when, we, when we're forgiven of our sin, then it only makes sense to say, I want to come and give myself to him, and I want the Holy Spirit to fill me, and I want the Holy Spirit to cleanse that old carnal, that old stubborn, that, that rebellious, that stiff-necked, that rebellion out of my life to say, I will do what God wants me to do. Some people get a call to do something, a call to go to a mission field, a call to preach the gospel, and, and they begin to buck and kick and carry on and say, I can't do it, I won't do it. It's not the plan that they had. Uh, many of you listen to uh, David Jeremiah from time to time. He's on a lot of radio stations. But you know, David Jeremiah didn't want to be a preacher. He wanted to be a, a radio broadcaster. That was his, his plan. And uh, so he resisted, uh, not for too long, I don't think, but he resisted when God called him to preach. But now David is on so many radio stations. He's on more radio stations than a radio announcer is. And, and, and is over the broadcast waves many places. God has a plan for us, and we're better off to say yes to him. We're better if God touches us and tells us he wants to do something. He wants us to do something for his glory with what he has blessed us with. We ought to say, yes, Lord. Yes, I won't be stubborn. I, I won't be rebellious. I will be obedient to you. Uh, another thing that uh, is spoken of in the scripture is uh, that sometimes people are, are hard-hearted. They're hard-hearted. Uh, so we know about cirrhosis, don't we? Uh, we know about a hardening of, of different parts of the body. Um, I know somebody now that uh, is suffering with a physical hardness in the heart. Uh, there can't be anything done. I guess a heart transplant could be done, uh, but physically uh, they, there's no remedy medically except another, a transplanted heart. Uh, but the Bible talks about people that have a hard heart. Uh, the scripture talks about that in Ezekiel uh, chapter 3 and verse uh, 7. It talks about a hard heart. Uh, Romans chapter 2 and verse 5 talks about a hard heart. Uh, Jesus talked about it in Mark chapter 3 
and verse 5 uh, because of the hardness of your heart. Uh, that is an unyieldedness. Uh, it cannot be penetrated with the will of God, with the way of God. And so uh, when, when our heart ought to be warm and vibrant and we ought to be supporting, uh, I, I know a lot of times people in the church, uh, you know, you see me, but a lot of times people don't realize that I see you too. <laughs> and, and some, you know, sometimes I could probably write a little book on some of the things I see uh, when I'm in the pulpit. You see me and you've got your eyes fastened on me, uh, but, but I see you also. Uh, sometimes uh, people help you preach and sometimes uh, they are a drag <laughs> to preaching. Uh, sometimes, sometimes people, I think, I think about people at the Delaware Church, um, and I'll use that illustration. I'm certain I could use one here too, but uh, the, the Lazars, they're both in heaven now. The singing Lazar, Lazars, L-A-Z-A-R, uh, such good people. They sang every service almost, every Sunday service, Sunday morning, Sunday night. Uh, if they didn't sing, somebody wanted them to sing. And uh, what servants of the Lord they were. Uh, but I think of Jean Lazar especially. Uh, she would sit there in service and she would be, she would just pull the preach out of me. She would just nod and uh, it was like, it was like saying, sick them to a bulldog, you know? Sick them, yeah. Uh, and it, it encouraged you. Uh, there's something about that when people are tuned in and they're agreeing and they're encouraging you. Uh, you, you, begin, uh, you begin to realize that they're not only doing that, they're praying for you. And as you're preaching, you feel that unction or that anointing of the Holy Spirit that comes on you that helps you to say the truth and remember the scriptures and uh, it builds us up in the most holy faith, folks. Uh, so it's a warm heart. It's a heart uh, that has been touched by the love of God. It's, it's not the, a hard heart. It's a warm heart uh, with the flowing love of God that's, that's gushing through it that brings encouragement and help. Um, we can be a lot of different places during church, can't we? Uh, we, can, we can be uh, cooking the roast at home. Uh, we can be, you know, the preacher's up here preaching, but you're not here. Uh, you're taking care of something at the house that you need to take care of. You're, you're thinking about what you're going to do this afternoon. Uh, you're thinking about what you're going to do with the family. Uh, but to be 100% in church and say, I'm going to hear the word of God, I'm going to receive something from the word of God, and for being there, I'm going to benefit from that time. I'm going to be, I'm going to be a recipient, and I'm going to put something into practice in my life that will glorify God in what I do in my daily life. So... Yes, 
The Bible talks about a hard heart, but praise God, it also talks about a new heart, doesn't it? Uh, in the case of that person that could not do anything because of a heart condition, Ezekiel 11, verse 9, talks about a new heart. Jeremiah 24, 7 talks about a different heart. Uh, so God, God can do a miracle in our heart. Uh, something else that is spoken of is uh, that we can, we can have trouble with lameness. Uh, we can have trouble with lameness. The Bible talks about that in Hebrews chapter 12. And so instead of, instead of being uh, a person that's active and on the go, uh, and we're talking now not about the physical, we're talking about the spiritual, uh, that uh, the scripture tells us in Hebrews 12 and verse 12, it says, Lift, wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. So, a problem with walking straight, doing what's right, uh, a problem with Instead of walking the paths of righteousness, the paths of truth, uh, being turned out of the way, the Hebrew writer says that can be healed. That can be healed. And so, you know, physically, I, I have some problem with lameness. Uh, sometimes, you know, I'm going down the basement steps. I want to be kind of careful because... You know, a knee might not work just the way it's supposed to, and I don't want to go down those steps faster than what I intended. And uh, so you're kind of watching where you put that foot. Uh, you're kind of watching uh, uh, where, what, you're, what you're taking on without holding on to something to make sure that, you, that you're safe. Uh, the human tendency is, uh, not to walk in the way of God, the human tendency, and we see that in the world today, that as David was experiencing things here when he had to leave Jerusalem, uh, there are a lot of things that would turn us the other way when we see other people and what other people are doing. David could have gotten bitter from what he went through, but... Uh, when, when, David, when David had to flee for his life, uh, it appears that he began to set his mind on the things of God. And he set his mind on the, on the blessings of God and what he had. Uh, he was looking forward to getting back to where he could again experience what he knew was a part of being in the presence of God in the tent that had been set up at this time. It was not a building, it was a tent. But he said, uh, uh, you are my God. Early will I seek you. Now if you read the NIV, it says earnestly, I will seek you. 
But I make a case like one of the commentators did on using early, will I seek you. Doesn't necessarily mean early in your life, in years, but early in your day, early in the time of day, will I seek you. Because <clears throat> in verse 6, there's a, there's a contrast then. He says, when I'm on my bed, I meditate on you in the night watches. Are you ever able, or not able, I should say, not able to sleep, and you're laying there, and you think, it's 3 o'clock. Why did I wake up? I don't know, but you're awake. But I'll go back to sleep in a minute. It's 4 o'clock. <laughs> I didn't go back to sleep in a minute. Uh, what is that? Is, is that the coffee I drank that had caffeine in it or the pop or whatever? I don't know. Sometimes your body says, you know, you don't have to sleep. You're okay. And you know that your body's lying to you because you're not going to be okay. You're going to miss that sleep. And it's going to catch up with you in the morning. <clears throat> but you know, David says he's going to seek the Lord early in the morning. But he said, I'm going to think about you in the night. It's a good time to pray, people. It's a good time to pray. It's a good time to think about all the different faces in your church and hold them up to the Lord and ask for God's help and God's blessing on all those different faces. Maybe you didn't have time to do that because of a, of a routine or a schedule or appointments, but now you can't help but you're awake, so talk to the Lord. Or, you know, I sometimes take a, a, good, a good book that has good things in it about serving the Lord, and I'll read that. Somehow that kind of relaxes me, and then I can go to sleep. But if we can use some of those times, that's what David did. David said, I'm ready to seek you in the morning, early in the morning, but I'm also going to seek you in the night watches. It'll help us to walk in the ways of God. So he said, uh, I'm in a dry land. Well, folks... America is a pretty dry land anymore, spiritually. Awful lot of bad things that are going on. And a lot of encouragement to be rebellious against God, against, against the things of God. Um, we hear God's name a lot in a lot of different settings. But it's not in prayer or praise. It is in taking his name in vain, as in, oh my God. Uh, as though that is okay to say those things. But God can help us that even though we live in a dry land spiritually, <clears throat> we, can, we can focus on him. And instead of being lame and walking away from the things of God, we can have a stability and say, you know, this is how I want to be. I don't want to hate anybody but I want to serve the Lord, and I want to be faithful to Him. 
and I want to be what God wants me to be. So, you know, there are certain things we all do when we get older, certain pills we all take, and we say we better do it uh, because it's for our good. And so we discipline ourselves to do that. And as we do that, we realize that we are being good to ourselves. And when we think on the things of God and the ways of God, and we look at our own spiritual health, and we say, by the grace of God, I'm going to be what God wants me to be, we realize we are the beneficiaries, aren't we? We're the ones that are blessed by it. We are the ones that are benefited by it. So God help us to let our light shine. God help us to be the people he wants us to be. There's a, there's a verse over in John, 3 John. <clears throat> Do you ever read 3 John? It doesn't take you very long to read it. <clears throat> I could say, look at chapter 2, but there are no chapters in 3 John. There are no chapters in 2 John. But the scripture tells us here that in verse 2 in the book of 3 John, John says to them, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. How about that? I want your body to do, be doing as good as your soul does. <laughs> That's a tough one, isn't it? Yeah, I want your body to be doing as good as your soul does. If your soul is weak and sickly, then this doesn't come out very good, does it? John had confidence in this beloved Gaius. He said, I know I'm wishing a good thing on you because I know... I know what the inner person is like with you. I know how your soul is. It's fat and flourishing. And I hope your body does just as good as your soul is doing. And I wish that for you, folks. I wish that for you, that God will bless your soul and that God will bless your life and help you to be in good spiritual health. One other thing I want to say about Psalm 63 before we leave it, uh, which I thought was a wonderful observation when I, when I read the comment in the Wesleyan commentary. It said, where it speaks here, my soul, in verse 8, my soul followeth hard after thee. So here David is saying, I'm holding on to God with all my might. I, I am pursuing the things of God. Do you see that? My soul followeth hard after thee. I'm pursuing the things of God. I'm not going to let these things go. The second half of that verse says, Your right hand upholdeth me. We're holding on to God, folks, but he's holding on to us. Remember when, as a kid, you maybe walked with your parent and you thought, oh, I got, I got their hand, I'm okay. 
But when you had their hand, they had your hand, didn't they? And your grip was not what their grip was. They were holding you. God is holding us, folks. And God wants to work in our lives. God wants to help us. And he's on our side. And though there be those, the next verse talks about those that want to destroy the spiritual, uh, they will not succeed because God is holding on to us. <clears throat> will you stand with me this morning? Lord, thank you for your word this morning. We wait before you for a moment. Lord, as we have said, we want to look at our spiritual health. <clears throat> Perhaps there's somebody here that would like to pray. It feels like they could use a little help from our great physician, from Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you, dear Lord, that I'm not, I'm not the doctor, I'm not the physician, but you are, and the scripture tells us that you're there when a, physi a physician is needed, you're there for the spiritual care. The scripture talks about that in the New Testament in all three gospels, about they that are whole <clears throat> need not a physician, but they that are sick. So Jesus, you are our physician. You're here to help us, and you care about us. And Lord, you want to hold on to us even more than we could ever imagine. And I just pray, dear Lord, that you'll help us this morning to get before you. As we hold steady for a minute, if we have a need of prayer, that we'd come and ask you to work in the problems of our lives. And help us, dear Lord, we pray, that we'll be what you want us to be for your honor and glory.